Ground control to Major Sid. Ground control to Major Sid. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Sid. Check ignition and make God's love be with you. This is ground control to Major Sid. You've really made the grade. And the humans want to know whose clothes you wear. Hello, humans. Remember me? I'm back. Welcome to the Sydney Hollis Show. It's nice to have you here. It's nice to be here. I've eaten, I've prayed, I've loved, I'm back. Hello. Welcome. Lots to cover today. The stoner holiday 420 is upon us. Of course, the earliest you can hear this episode is Friday, April 21st. The stoner holiday 420 will be in our rear view. I'm recording this. On April 19th. That's a Wednesday. I'm recording on a Wednesday. You're going to hear it on a Friday. Or whenever you choose to listen. But as soon as you can hear it, it's Friday, April 21st. Humans, we're going to talk a little little 420, a little stoner culture today. Nothing too crazy. E-bikes, you know I hate them. I have an update. AI, you know I hate it. I have an update. And humans, are you fans of the Moody Blues? Progressive rock. Some strange songs. I don't know if I'm... I'm not not a fan, right? I don't dislike the Moody Blues, but Nights in White Satin, a little slow for my taste. Maybe I've never been in the right setting. You know, speaking of stoners, a lot of weed heads will say, well, you're everyone's a stoner. They just haven't found their right strain yet. Maybe I haven't found the right the right environment to listen to Nights in White Satin in. You know, maybe I've been going about it all wrong. There's there's other songs in my life where I used to hear them on the radio, on the ride home from school, you know, when I was with a parent or a friend's parent, and I was hot, annoyed, not not with the parent per se, but just with life, and, and... it was the wrong place, wrong time for that song. Now, as an adult, I'll hear a song that I used to hear on one of those car rides, but in a different situation, perhaps in my lair, my room, with the low lighting, with a nice mood, maybe maybe a scent. So we're going to talk about a particular Moody Blues song. Yep, you guessed it. Your Wildest Dreams. And humans, I have... Something I want to sell you. I have an idea I want to sell you. You know, all these podcasts are always trying to sell you something. Me undies, stamps.com. The list goes on. I've got an idea I want to sell you. But here's the twist it involves me buying something. And humans, we will check in on the listener line. Busy day, busy day. Oh, and before I forget, it's already time to start thinking about our favorite annual tradition around here, the Sydney Hollis Show Audio Halloween Costume Contest. I thought of one, and well, since, you know, I'm judging the contest and I don't get to dress up audio, audioly, then I'm just going to blurt it out now. But maybe it'll get your minds going. And maybe you can do this in your real life. Anyway, snuggle up to a loved one. You know, crack a beer and go sit by the fire in your backyard. However it is you listen to the show. Buckle up. Let's begin. E-bikes. E-scooters. Sid, what's the beef? Aren't they one less car, man? You know, maybe where you live. Maybe where you live, but not here. 
Here in New York City, an e-bike and an e-scooter is just one more e-bike and one more e-scooter. Oh, Sid, you sound like one of those people that dislikes pit bulls. Not all pit bulls are bad. Come on, now you can't hate a whole dog breed. Yes, I can. Sid, you can't hate a whole class of, of machines. Yes, I can. I have an idea for a t-shirt and frankly, even a bike, I wouldn't say bike license tag. I want it to be a big sign that's very readable to go right on the back of my bike. And I want it to say, I don't hate your e-bike. I hate you. Humans, of course, the pandemic led to people, well, people, frankly, in New York City being asked not to take the subway. When we were in COVID lockdown, people were asked not to take the subway. The subway was supposed to be just for people that were doing essential jobs. The idea being like, hey, everyone get off the subway that doesn't need to be on the subway so that the people that have to ride the subway that are doing essential work can get where they're going with the least amount of risk. I uh, chose to acknowledge this and, and play by the you know, the, the goodwill of public health. And then this sent people thinking, well, I, I also don't want to ride the subway for my own health. And so with the low cost of e-bikes, e-scooters, and the like, and this objective and this idea of like, I don't want to take the train, I don't want to catch COVID, you know, in the dark, scary days, these things really exploded onto the scene. And now that everyone's back in New York, all the people that fled and are now back, these things are just popular now. And they're everywhere. Which is fine. I'm a cycling... Well, it's not fine. I used to think it was fine. <laughs> I'm a cycling advocate. You know, the more people out there, the more cars are going to look out for us. It's a good thing. But in the old days, before these E-things were everywhere... I was not very likely to get killed by a cyclist. I was likely to get killed by a car. Now, I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to be a head-on collision with a total a-hole on some kind of electric machine. Be it e-bike, e-vespa, e-scooter. I've said this on the show before. The most dangerous part of my ride Used to be, you know, biking home in Manhattan. Then you hit the bridge and you're like, oh man, I'm on the bridge. The Williamsburg Bridge, which I take the most frequently, has its own, you know, area, totally separate area for bikes. And you get to that and you're like, man, I can let my guard down for a while. And then you get to the Brooklyn side and you're like, all right, guard back up, but it's not Manhattan. So, you know, there you go. You can get home. Now... The bridge is the most dangerous part of my ride home. You know, used to be you're pedaling up the bridge. Yeah, maybe you're going to get passed by someone digging in a little harder than you to make that uphill, to get those gains. Nowadays, riding uphill, I'm like standing up, getting out of the saddle. And then someone goes flying by me at like 30 miles an hour. And the thing that gets me, the thing that's really sticking in my craw here is these bike lanes, they're designed for people going what? 22 miles an hour? 25? You know, that's when you're like someone really going fast, someone going much, you know, you can, you can go faster on a pedal bike. But these are bike lanes. They're narrow. They're made to be side by side. They're not made for these e-machines that are going like literally... 45 miles an hour, flying by. And of course, no regard for people. I mean, the, the amount of just, you know, weaving in and out and like the times, the amount of times I feel like my elbows have almost touched some jerk on one of these things. Anyway, I don't hate your e-bike. I hate you. And don't even get me started. Don't even get me started on like, just regular bike lanes and going the wrong way and people taking a people on e-bikes going the wrong way, turning the wrong way onto another street 
and doing it on like a blind turn, like whipping around a corner off of a one-way street onto another one-way street, going the wrong direction both ways and doing it in a blind turn. I mean, it's it's truly insane. And it's just, you know, if you would have told past me, and, and those of you that I know, many of you that listen to this show are or used to be New York City bike commuters, if you would have thought about this just in 2017 even, 2018 even, 2019 even, that you're more, you're more likely to get head-on rammed, destroyed, T-boned, you name it, by a fellow cyclist. We'll put E in front of it, please. An E-cyclist, an E-Vespa-R. And you are a car. It's unbelievable. But humans, would you believe that was all just to set up what I'm about to say now? Would you believe that was all backstory? For we have another problem here in New York City. What is it? Fires. Fires being caused by lithium-ion batteries that go in e-bikes. This is, this is true. This is as of two days ago, humans. In New York City this year, in 2023, we're only in April. Late April, but April. In 2023, in New York City, so far... We've had 60 fires from lithium-ion batteries and five fatalities. And these are from e-bikes. Now, the authorities, the powers that be, they're saying that most of these seem to be like a battery that was like refurbished, which they're saying you shouldn't be doing with those things, or that they're like, you know, from another country, perhaps China, and they're getting them cheaply and they're like knockoffs or they're counterfeit or whatever. But it doesn't take that it doesn't take the fires away. It's freaking crazy, man. It's really crazy. To think. To think you could be in your apartment and be like, I don't know if my neighbor has an e-bike. And if my neighbor has an e-bike, I don't know if they like have bought like a brand name that has a proper battery. Ticking time bomb. I don't hate your e-bike. I hate you. Let's count the ways an e-bike could kill us, shall we? Well, on the streets, in the bike lane, on the sidewalk, and now in your home. Oh, yeah, Sid got killed by an e-bike. Oh, my God. What happened? Was he on his bike? No. Oh, my God. Was he crossing the street? No. Was he, you know... <laughs> Walking down the sidewalk and a delivery person just jumped the curb because they wanted to make a delivery quickly? No. No, he was in his home, sound asleep. You know, and a downstairs neighbor was charging a illegal battery. Or a counterfeit battery, rather. 60 fires in New York City this year. Humans, let's say it again together. I don't hate your e-bike. I hate you. Now... The powers that be, the authorities, are scrambling to figure out some kind of legislation that can try to fix this. And uh, we shall see. And speaking of authorities fixing things, how about... These aren't even cowards. How about these evil lawmakers in Tennessee? Cowards is not even what they are. Evil. Of course, you know, I think that our Congress are all cowards and this gun control thing is ridiculous. I know a lot of you feel the same way, if not all. But now it's coming out that in Tennessee, they're trying to protect gun makers from being able to be sued after a mass shooting. That's... It's one thing to be a coward and be passive and do nothing. And if they believe in hell, they should all go to hell for doing that. But there's just another level of just being evil when you're actively trying to like, oh, let's protect gun makers from getting sued. What? How deep are these lawmakers in Tennessee in? I mean, how? what are the perks and bennies they're getting from the gun industry and these gun makers? It's un. Real, of course, in the wake of this Nashville shooting. 
and these protests in Tennessee and, and protests everywhere. We all know, we all know. Moving on, moving on. So humans, 420. By the time you hear this, 420 will be in the rear view. Maybe your hangover won't. Maybe the slowness of your brain won't. <laughs> but 420 will be in your rear view. And I've been thinking about something lately. You know, here in New York City, recreational weed is legal. The letter of the law is you can smoke weed anywhere you're allowed to smoke cigarettes. Which means on the street, on sidewalks, no problem. Technically, you can't do it in parks because you're not allowed to smoke cigarettes in parks. So you shouldn't, you aren't allowed <laughs> to smoke weed in parks, but um, that's certainly not enforced by any means. But you know, there's like weed stores everywhere. And then even stores that don't sell weed now sell tons of weed paraphernalia. And you know, this thing that I just had never really noticed much of until like last year, but maybe, maybe I just had my head in the sand. The cone. The cone. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, it's it's like a pre-rolled joint where the paper, there's a little filter, and then there's the paper. So it's like an empty joint that you fill yourself, but it's it opens up a little bit like a megaphone, you know? It's a little convex. Excuse me, that may not be the right meaning of the word convex, but it's, you know, it's... There's a little filter in, and then the paper's around it, and it, it gradually gets wider, like a megaphone, and it's called a cone. And there's different cones. Of course, there's the brand Raw that makes a lot of weed-adjacent products. And, um, you know, they sell these cones, and then you can just buy your own marijuana flower, and you just put it in the cone... And then you just twist up the end, and then you've, you've got yourself a joint, but you didn't have to roll the joint yourself. You know, rolling joints can be tricky. It can be tricky. It can be intimidating. And, the you know, just like anything else, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. If you, if you do it enough, you can figure it out. But just like anything, it's like, hey, I can't do this, but I'd like to participate. So they sell these cones. You can go to a store and buy pack of cones several cones I don't exactly know how I mean I know you can buy a pack of cones I guess you can buy one cone I've never bought any cones myself humans but <laughs> I know a few people that are cone heads pun not intended and I was noticing the other day they were like oh yeah man right after work phew, we're gonna roll one up and I started thinking about it, and I'm like, well, you're not going to roll one up. You're going to dump some weed into a cone and twist it closed, you know? Like, you know, the language exists for a reason. To roll one up means you're going to roll one up. Roll something that looks like a cigarette. You know? We can all kind of picture that in our minds. The process. The... You know, the paper between your index fingers and thumbs. So when people say to me they're going to roll one up and then they um, they have a cone. <laughs> it's like, well, you're not rolling one up. What, are they coning one up? I'm going to go fill a cone. <laughs> I'm going to go, yeah, I don't know, fill a cone. I'm going to go cone one. Get coned. You're not rolling one up. I don't know, humans. Maybe maybe you can help me come up with a term for that. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. You know what to do. Send me an email or record into the voice memo app on your smartphone and email it to listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. <laughs> Heck, maybe you coned one up to listen to this podcast. Perhaps instead of like, oh, I'm going to go roll one up, it's like, oh, I'm going to go fill up a cone. I'm going to go top off a cone. <laughs> I don't know. And they make various sizes of cones, for those of you that um, 
aren't exposed to cone life. They make these giant ones that are cartoonishly big. And they make kind of normal size ones. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, they get wider. So the longer the cone, the fatter the cone, you know, at its furthest point from the filter. Anyway, what would you call it instead of rolling one up? How, how do you describe going to create a marijuana cigarette out of a cone? Let me know. Let me know. And human speaking of 420, you know, stoner Christmas. I'm recording this on stoner Christmas Eve. I have a full plate tomorrow. New York City gets you like that sometimes. It just... <sighs> sometimes NYC takes the wheel. But I have a few minutes in between engagements where I can possibly pop by Washington Square Park at 420 on 420. And so I'm going to try to get you guys some compelling audio to see. I don't know. Maybe there's... what I'm, Here's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping there's screams. Maybe not so much a countdown. Perhaps there's a countdown. I'm hoping there's screams. And then I'm hoping... That there's just, uh, forgive the term, I'm hoping there's like a weed mushroom cloud that just comes from Washington Square Park. Like, I don't know, you know, it'll look like a mini bomb went off, you know. Again, forgive the term. Uh, that's what I'm kind of hoping for, that you just see this. Just, wow, there it goes. Like watching a space shuttle launch or something. So, humans, I'm going to try my best to get that. Be on the edges of your seats, will you? So, humans, we are going to check in on the listener line. A couple of submissions. And we are going to check in with... Well, not check in. I am going to discuss something about the Moody Blues. But before I do, it's time to go into sales mode. It's time to go into business mode. We've all seen the signs tacked up to telephone poles, billboards. What signs am I talking about? Cash for your home. I'll give you cash for your home. And, you know, they look a little weird. And, and, and anyone that can do some critical thinking is like, well, why does this seem so easy? And if you're fanatics of the movie Boys in the Hood, which I am. There's even a scene where um, Furious addresses that. Furious, played by Lawrence Fishburne, addresses that to Trey and Ricky, the characters, um, or one of the one of the parts of that anyway. Cash for your home. Hell, cash for your beat up old car. No, I'm not talking about cars for kids where you donate your car and get, you know, money, uh, you know, donation money on your tax return. No, I'm talking about cash for your beat up old car, cash for your home. Sid, what are you getting at? Well, if you can't beat them, join them. I'm here and I have a similar offer. Cash for your dead pet's Instagram account. Sid. We don't want to think about that. I know. I know. So disassociate your pet, please. I'm going to say it again. Disassociate your pet. And just think of pet Instagram accounts, pet TikTok accounts, please. Cash for your dead pet's Instagram account. What do you mean? Here's what I mean. There's Instagram out. Okay. There's Instagram accounts out there for dogs, for cats, for pigs, you name it. And I don't follow them. As you guys know, I'm not, I like cats. You know, I have, I have a plant. I actually have two plants. I have an aloe plant and a cactus. I'm happy with that. I've had cats before. I like cats. I'm not a dog guy, as you guys know. But I don't have any pets. I don't follow pets on Instagram. You know, <laughs> I was annoyed at an unleashed dog earlier this week. 
Why would I watch a dog in my spare time? On my phone scrolling. But I have been told by friends close to me, and one friend in particular, she had to stop following dog Instagrams. Why is this? Well, Instagram has been around for how long? Longer than dogs live. And so what happened to this person? She fell in love with these various dogs. And then, you know, dogs, they have a shorter lifespan than we do. <laughs> this dog passes away. Now this person's grieving a dog and never knew. Now I feel bad about that. That makes me, that makes my heart hurt a little bit. And my advice to those people would be follow parrots on Instagram. They out, they live as long as humans. So if, you know, parrots born today, it's going to outlive you. You're not going to have to go through that. Follow parrots on Instagram. But if we're talking regular domestic pets, I will give you cash for your dead pets Instagram. Well, Sid, what the heck is this all about? Well, listen, it's, you're just taking up space on Mark Zuckerberg's platform, all right? You know, someone else will have a pug named Doug. If you have Doug the pug, when Doug the pug passes, I'll buy it from you. You know, let's just go through some of the top ones, shall we? Nala cat. Well, Nala's an animal from Lion King. Cat. There's probably other people that have a cat named Nala. Now, are you, if you own Nala the cat, Nala cat Instagram, are you going to hang on to that and wait for that to happen? I doubt it. I'll give you cash for that right now. Nala the cat passes. I'll give you cash for that right now. You don't have to worry about waiting for lightning to strike. And some owner of a Nala cat reaching out to you to get that Instagram. Dog, dog the pug. Real grumpy cat. <laughs> Peppa Pig. Peppa the pig. Piggy Biscuit. Okay, Piggy, listen. Piggy, Piggy Biscuit's probably a great follow. He's probably a wonderful follow. Piggy Biscuit's not going to live forever. I'll buy the handle because there'll be another Piggy Biscuit. And why, you know, why not have one place to come to then get these pet Instagram handles? Okay? I will give you cash for your dead pet's Instagram. Come right here to the Sydney Hollis Show. Okay? And then we can be your trading post. You can also come here to buy a pet Instagram. Hey, I have a pig named Hamlet. I'd like to, you know, record him wearing silly outfits on Instagram. I want to, like, have him buy a Christmas tree with a conductor's hat on near a train. Great. Just so happens I have a Hamlet pig Instagram <laughs> handle I can sell you. Okay, humans, but you don't need to get into that. I just want you on the selling end. Cash for your dead pet's Instagram handle. Handles like pig named Carl, living with pickles, <laughs> Oliver the desert pig, <laughs> Prissy underscore pig, <laughs> Penelope the mini pig. <laughs> Paddington the pig. Humans, it would just be unfair for these handles to go away. I mean, how long is the earth going to be around? How long is Instagram going to be around? It would be a shame for these handles to go use only once. I will give you cash for your dead pet's Instagram handle. Spread the word, humans. Please. And thank you. And to quote... <laughs> to quote Chris in Guatemala, thanks in advance. So humans, let's check in on the listener line, shall we? First, we have Brendan from Savannah. Hey, Sid, it's Brendan in Savannah. Um, I'm just calling in because you've been, throughout the history of the podcast, um, doing a lot of talk about artificial intelligence and chatbots. 
And of course, you have your own chatbot helper, Fritz. Um, I wanted to see how you feel about chatbots pretending to be real people. I had my first experience um, the other day. I was just, just inquiring through Verizon about getting a new phone plan um, for me and my wife. And uh, so, you know, the little chatbot option pops up on their website. And uh, it makes it sound like a, like a real associate is going to be helping you. His name was Ryan, but I'm, I'm guessing, you know, they, they have all sorts of different names. Um, so he pops up, you know, like, how can I help you? Da, 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 this and that. And um, so I asked him some questions and just the, the response that I got was, was a little strange. Um, it, it wasn't like something a human would quite do. Um, so I asked him, are you, are you a human or are you a robot? Are you a chatbot? And their response was, yes, I'm a sales associate, which, which was, didn't answer the question, you know? And at that point, I knew it, it wasn't a real person because I, I, I dug a little deeper, asked some more questions, and uh, it just, you know, it wasn't responses that a human would give. And I thought it was a little creepy. I felt a little tricked. I, I don't like that, uh, that Verizon's trying to get over on us, you know, by pretending like you're, you're talking to a real person. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to see how you feel about that and uh, where you think that might be taking us as a society and a culture. Thanks, Sid. Brendan, great call. Great to hear from you. Thank you for contributing to the listener line. What what a situation you found yourself in. Using a chatbot, of course, on more and more websites, they're like, yeah, why why try to call us? There's a, there's a chat. You can just, you can chat right now. There's a chat. They're pushing this chat. And then, Brittany, to be honest, I, we all know I hate the names of these things. I hate the one named Sydney. I hate the one named Erica. I hate all of them. But I hadn't considered that, like, sometimes I just think it's someone in another country, you know, typing away. I hadn't considered that it's also chatbots. Where are we headed as a society? Well, nowhere good, dude. Nowhere good. <laughs> You're just trying to pick out a phone plan. Why does that require you being with a chatbot? But I love that it won't take any accountability. It won't say, oh, I'm a piece of technology that's here to help you. I'm a sales associate. Just let, like, what? Just let you, you know, assume what you will. I'm a sales associate. I definitely hate it, Brendan. I definitely hate it. Humans, it's getting tricky out there. It's getting tricky out there. I have friends that have participated in online dating recently. And one of my friends, close personal friend of mine, confided in me that he's pretty sure that the person he was talking to for a little while was a freaking AI. But I mean, you know, this is, this is no good. This is no good. You know, you're already taking a risk when you start online dating because you're wondering if you're being catfished or this and that. At least there's another human on board. Now you've got to answer some, ask some series of questions, not only to vet the person for your own safety, not only to vet the person to see if they're the person in their photos. Now you have to vet if they're a human. We all need our own series of catfishes. <laughs> And re-captchkas. We all need our own captchkas. A series of questions just to prove if someone's human now? Unreal. And you, in your case, Brendan, I feel for you. That's rough. I imagine it's even possibly rougher if you're on an online dating platform. Perhaps you're falling for the person. Perhaps you're sexually attracted to the person. Also, no, it's a chatbot, and you've got to ask it. You know, humans, I participated in online dating pre-pandemic back in 2019 and, uh, and early 2020, early 2020, February of 2020, May, even early March of 2020, actually, before, the, before COVID really turned the world around. And, you, you know, you, the way it went for me was, 
you know, you match with someone, if it's someone that you would choose to talk to after you match and you chat with them a little bit. And you're kind of just, you're just, you know, making a little bit of small talk to see if, you know, the person is like, for lack of a better word, breathing, you know, is this person any fun, any cool, any cool, any, are you any cool? I'm just, don't mind me, I'm just a chap out here. Are you any cool? You ask a few questions just to feel the situation out. And, you know, in my case, you know, I'm like, well, I'm going to be asking this person out for drinks. So you just try to, hey, how are you? How was your day? Oh, you know, uh, where do you live? Outerboro, Manhattan, New Jersey? What, what? You know, you just ask a few questions. And then if the person responds to those questions and the answers seem, you know, normal and on their end, they're like, oh, this person, you know, isn't being aggressive or sounds like a normal person also then and you know you kind of think oh their vibe kind of matches their pictures i think this person exists and in this case i'm using exists to be oh i think this person is legit like this is the person whose photos it is and then you still don't know you still don't really know until you meet up for a drink and then you take it from there and you're like oh this person looks a lot like their photos or this person looks nothing like their photos but it's still that person you're just vetting them for your safety to see if it's even worth your while to leave the house for. But now, now, <laughs> it's, it's a close personal friend has told me they think that it was, they think they were talking to a chat bot. Now, maybe, you know, maybe a person set that up somehow with like actual photos they'd gotten from the internet or something. I don't know. But now online dating, you're having to vet if someone's even a human being, you're going to have to ask a series of questions. I mean, this is going back to Blade Runner. Like, can you describe the way it feels for your feet to be in wet grass? Like, you're, we're going, you're going to have to start asking these chatbots questions that only a human can answer. Thank you for bringing this up, Brendan. And while we're talking about that, I told you guys I had a new gripe with AI, and maybe it's not a gripe, maybe it fits right in with this, actually, is that, you know, are we all not sometimes thinking, oh, God, is my job safe from chat GPT? Am I safe from this AI craze? You know, what, what can be replaced by robots? What can't? I don't know where I come out on this, but I venture to say, for now, latte art is safe. Of course, latte art being, you know, you order a cappuccino or a latte or whatever it is. However it works, I just order black coffee myself. And then they do art. Of course, you know, the typical is like the little leaves. But you can do all sorts of things. There's all sorts of elaborate latte art. Now, as far as I know, you still have to be a human being to do latte art. I'm sure we're not far off from some kind of a 3D printer that you put milk into. There's a coffee element. But for right now, for right now, you still have to be human to do latte art. But if I was a barista doing latte art, I mean, I would, I don't know. I don't go to the Met to see what an AI can make. I go to the Met to see what a human made. I would assume if I'm a latte art person, I want to drink a cup of coffee that has a decoration on top that a human made, not that a machine made. A machine still... If we invented an AI latte art machine, a, machine, a human... There has to be a human involved at some point. <laughs> you know? Or do the beans travel by drone from South America, Central America to the coffee shop. The milk flies from a farm via drone. I don't know. Latte art is safe for now, not safe soon. Humans, if you want to participate in this contest, contest, conversation, please let us know some ways you would vet a bot to make sure it's human. Again, I used the example from Blade Runner where I 
think it's like a robot thing that's like saying it had the memory of like having its feet in wet grass. I mean, what are some things we can ask a bot? And thank you for bringing this up, humans. I mean, Brendan and Savannah. And thank you for testing that bot. I mean, you're doing your part to help the humans survive here. Okay. Next, let's check in with Michael and Savannah. Michael and Savannah sent a good old-fashioned text. Text email, you know, typed. And here it is. This is Michael from Savannah. Year of what food item, PFC? Pat from Chicago. Humans. Last year it was decreed by PFC, again, he means Pat from Chicago, that 2022 was the year of the bean. Now that we've enjoyed getting the bean out in 2022, what does Pat have for us in 2023? As we are all getting older, but wiser, and enjoying life from our own hideaways, I hope it is something that is spork functional. I don't want spoon too weighted, and I don't want fork too much emotion, like something important slipping through the cracks of an elevator never to be seen again. Please, PFC, let 2023 be the year... Please, PFC, let 2023 be the year where this food item can rest on the precipice of the edge of Sporks' hybrid, tine, and mini bowl. Here's to hoping this food item comes to the human's mouth to be savored as we all listen to compelling audio from another Send Sid compilation. Thank you, Michael and Savannah. And speaking of Send Sid, hopefully I can get you guys some audio from uh, 4.20 p.m. on 4.20 at Washington Square Park tomorrow. Okay, so humans, what Michael and Savannah is referring to is uh, early 2022. Pat from Chicago made a call. And he said that 2022 was the year for cooking beans. I thought that was funny, interesting, and I made a soundbite out of it. 2022, the year for cooking beans. And heck, it sounds like some people, at least Michael and Savannah, took it to heart. 2022, the year for cooking beans. So, Pat, <clears throat> you're out there listening. And uh, humans, without divulging too much about our personal lives, these two had a chance to meet. These two had a chance to meet. Pat from Chicago had a chance to meet Michael from Savannah. And, and, and several humans met, actually, over St. Patrick's Day in Savannah. Things worked out that way. And humans, if you'd like to meet other humans, fellow humans, may I, may I interest you in a little thing called SIDFest coming this summer? Location TBD. Date TBD. But go ahead. Salivate on that for a little bit. Sidfest. Yes, Pat. What is the food of 2023? And Michael from Savannah is kindly asking that it be, that it be, uh, you know, able to be consumed with a spork. And Michael and Savannah, may I commend your usage of the word tine, T-I-N-E. I, I had to look it up. I assumed it was a part of a fork, but I had to look it up, and sure enough, it refers to the spearing ends of a fork. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. All right, that's it for the listener lines. Humans, you know how to contribute. I've already said it at the top of the show here. So, Tommy Lee Jones in the movie The Fugitive, starring Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford, at one point... He dresses like a down-and-out person, um, you know, perhaps an unhoused person, but just dresses like a down-and-out person and kind of an undercover sting to catch a different fugitive. And he ends up, you know, it's a big U.S. Marshal's bust in the movie, and he has to shoot uh, the fugitive at large, and he does. And then he's looking tough and fearsome, and dedicated, and like the kind of character that believes in their own opinion, that is so sure of themselves, and this, there's a comic relief element to this, because he's wearing like a, like a bonnet, he's wearing like a bonnet looking thing, you know, and I guess that's just to be part of his undercover outfit for when they're sneaking into this house, 
But it's just, it's just silly. He's wearing kind of a trench coat. So it's like a trench coat and an adult's warm bonnet. And humans, if you're not familiar, we do an audio Halloween costume contest every year here at the show. And it just means you don't have to dress up physically, but you have to dress up for our ears. So this would be my submission, just to kind of, you know, it's not in season, but I don't get to do that. I don't get to participate. I'm the judge. So, yeah, it's Tommy Lee Jones in like a turquoise adult's warm bonnet and like kind of a trench coat. And he's looking very serious, but it's also very silly because it's just this ridiculous hat. Like it looks like something that like a World War One biplane fighter pilot would wear underneath their leather fighter pilot helmet for extra thermal warmth. It's just, it's silly. Humans, I'll put a picture of that up on the website. You know, your favorite time waster, sydneyhollishow.com. Uh, it'll say something like Tommy Lee Jones in a bonnet or early Halloween costume. You'll find it. You'll find it. There's not too much to click on around there. And, well, every time you click on there, it's one less time you're clicking on Instagram now, isn't it? Coming across pets. <laughs> and, humans, I promised you Moody Blues, and so Moody Blues you shall have. Once upon a time, once when you Humans, what a song, what a tune, what a video, what a great music video. If you've never seen it, check it out. Of course, this is the Moody Blues, the song, Your Wildest Dreams. And you know, there's that music video like brand or something, Vivo. So if you go to the Moody Blues Vivo, you know, on YouTube, that's V-E-V-O, and you go to your wildest dreams and you watch uh, that particular music video. And of course I'll put it up on the website too, humans just look for the moody blues tab right on the site. And I'll just, I'll have a direct uh, link there to play the video right there from my page, your favorite time waster, sydneyhollishow.com. But if you go to minute three of this song, there's kind of a flashback that takes place. And for the life of me, I can't quite figure out what's going on. I mean, in general, the little story that the music video tells is heartfelt, scratches me right where I itch, you know, as someone who's pursuing a career in the arts. You know, I wonder, do old friends, do old lovers ever wonder, you know, am I ever in their wildest dreams? But it really doesn't matter your line of work now, does it? Don't we all often wonder, are we in our old lover's wildest dreams? Well, this video has a, you know, lets that kind of play out. But for the life of me, the scenes that happen at minute three, I don't understand. It kind of goes and does a flashback, and it shows the members of the band, the Moody Blues. And of course, they're older, because this song's from like the 80s, I think. But one... I can't tell if they're supposed to look like themselves when they were younger or if they're supposed to look like musicians of the era. Like, there's one guy that kind of looks like Jerry Garcia, and I'm like, is he a Moody Blues member trying to look like Jerry Garcia? Or is he a Moody Blues member that happens to look like Jerry Garcia? Similarly, one of them's kind of like next to... A guy who, for lack of a better word, is kind of giving off like a guru type vibe. I'm like, is this guy channeling George Harrison? Is this guy supposed to kind of look like George Harrison when he's in his phase of speaking spiritual enlightenment in India? Is that what's taking place? Or does this guy just kind of look like George Harrison? So that's got me a little confused, and maybe the answer is just simple. No, those are just what the Moody Blues look like, Sid. But then the very next, within this flashback, it shows the woman of interest, and she sits down with a fellow that looks just like Elton John. 
And I'm like, okay, so are we, was she friends with Elton John? You know, to quote the song, Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time, was she friends with Elton John? So she's remembering Elton John like playing a record for her or playing a Moody Blues record for her. Again, this in in this music video, it's like a gal who was dating one of the members of the Moody Blues, who's now got her her life, you know, her you know, to quote the old adage, her she's got her husband and her two point three kids, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, she is thinking back on yesteryear. And of course, it kind of shows that you know, they went in different paths, but now she's interested again. And it just so happens the Moody Blues are going to be playing in her town. And so she's kind of, they're both, you know, they're showing like a flashback, this and that. And it shows her listening to a record that an Elton John looking guy gives her this little scene. And I just can't, I don't know why. Now, if the Moody Blues are all supposed to be looking like other musicians at the time, I guess that fits. But if not, there's just strangely an Elton John lookalike. In the video, humans, do me a favor. Do yourselves a favor. Give it a watch. It's a catchy song. It's a lot of fun. And the music video is a lot of fun. Again, if you go to the, you know, if you go to YouTube and just type in your wildest dreams, um, the Moody Blues, it'll probably just come up. But if you, you know, if you really, really want to be exact, it's like the one that's put out by Vivo. And it's like right in the third minute, like right at three zero zero, this scene kind of starts. And again, I'll have it on the website too, sydneyhollishow.com, your favorite time waster. Well, humans, thank you for spending another week with me. It's been a pleasure. I've missed you. This is fun. I hope you had a great 420 if you're the kind of person that's like, man, I got to get stoned today. There's probably a lot of you out there that get stoned regularly, whether it's 420 or not. You're all okay in my book. See you next Friday. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and love.